0: It is gone. Nick Prado hits his first big league. Hopped up
1: and eaten by Chris Jones. Here's Jay Binkley. And
2: welcome in. Rough one for the Kansas City Chiefs as they fall to the Colts 20-17. And we've said that before. But the Kansas City Chiefs fall to the Colts today, 2017. The Bucks that uh, are trailing the Packers by two are the Chiefs' next opponent. Next Sunday night, I'm Jay Binkley along with Jed Marshall. Producing the operation. Get to your phone calls here in just a bit. Here from Pete Sweeney. We'll hear from the locker room. You name for the next couple hours. We'll talk about the Chiefs lost today in Indianapolis. And really, this was one of those games. And they have these games from time to time, but a lot of times we see them coming out of it and winning these games. Remember Detroit a few years ago? Didn't play well at all. Ended up winning the game. Yeah, they're going to take their losses. Everybody loses. Chargers got hammered today by the Jags at home. The Raiders sit as the only 0-3 football team in the National Football League. And, well, the Denver Broncos have a chance to lose tonight, again, on Sunday Night Football. So we'll see what happens. The Buffalo Bills lost today as well, but you don't expect this from the Kansas City Chiefs because it was a sloppy game all the way around for the Chiefs. Dave Tobe's special teams are usually good. Special teams are usually the one thing with the Chiefs that you rely on because it is one-third of the game, that muffed punt in the first quarter by Sky Moore led to an Indianapolis touchdown. He got caught. I mean, they had the roof open in Indy. It's, it's a dome, but they had the roof open, you name it, got it lost in the lights or the sun, whatever it was. He couldn't handle it. Then the second time, it looked rough on him. Bad mistake, poor mistake. You can't make those kind of mistakes. But Cole Hardman, a little bit banged up, so they wanted to you know, try to preserve him, so Sky Moore who's the number two uh, putt returner and kick returner for this team, was back there. A missed extra point by Amendola. That was probably his last time in the Kansas City Chiefs uniform. Mixed extra points, so Kansas City trailed 7-6 to in the game. Then a failed fake field goal in the fourth quarter. It was 10 yards just to get the first down, and Tommy Townsend threw the ball. And Andy Reid, after the game, said that that was a mistake there. Then a missed field goal in the fourth quarter. All these things come back to bite the Chiefs, left four points off the board. Then, of course, there's the Chris Jones untimely penalty on third down. The Colts uh, took a loss, and he said something. It was really weird. It was really weird because he didn't push Matt Ryan. He was just talking to him and said things. It's rare that you see a penalty just by words, but it happened. And Chris Jones gets a penalty, prolongs the drive of the Indianapolis Colts. They come down, get a game-winning touchdown against the Chiefs where the Chiefs sat there with full timeouts on the clock. Again, this clock management didn't use any timeouts towards the end, so it limited the time that Patrick Mahomes had at the end of the game, which we all know he doesn't need much. We remember the 13 seconds we became the Grim Reaper against the Bills. But today was one of those days, and the Colts were primed to beat. This is not a good football team, the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, you name it, the running game on both teams wasn't that good today. And that goes for the Chiefs as well. The line protection was bad. Yes, Mahomes only sacked one time, but the line wasn't good today for the Kansas City Chiefs whatsoever. But the special teams are what haunted them and the Chris Jones penalty, and they just weren't crisp. I mean, running the football, they couldn't run the football and set the tempo. Again, that's the offensive line. Mahomes scrambling around too much. I thought the offensive line had their worst game of the year. It was very comparable to what happened at the beginning of last year when they were losing games. Rushing the football, they ended up with just 58 yards. Mahomes actually led the way, four carries, 26 yards. McKinnon, seven for 20. It's not a good average. Clyde, seven carries, no yards. On the flip side, Indy, only 82 yards rushing. Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries, 71 yards. I thought at times Matt Ryan looked bad in this game. I thought the defense for the Chiefs played well. I mean, it was the better of the three units. As the offense struggled and sputtered, and they really just need that big play. Mahomes had, fought, had overthrown MVS when he went down the field, but nothing was sharp and nothing was crisp. And this was kind of on the whole team. I know we could look at special teams, isolate that, and Amandola, the kicker. I'll be honest with you. Justin Reed, the safety, is just as good a kicker as Amandola. He really is. At least he kicks the ball to the end zone. They have touchbacks. And we've seen him miss one extra point. We saw Amendola miss an extra point today. And a field goal that was 34 yards. That's a 33-yarder with the extra and point, 34-yard field goal. Things that can't happen. But it was a sloppy game from the Chiefs all around, and you don't expect that to happen to this team. We get these expectations of the Kansas City Chiefs where this stuff can't happen. But unfortunately, it does rear its ugly head from time to time, and they had the extra time. You know, you play the Chargers on, on, on short week rest. You play them on a Thursday night. All the excitement. Chargers got blown out today. Justin Herbert's still reeling from those rib injuries in Kansas City. They didn't play well at all. They got ran over just like they did last year. This division remains anybody's game. The AFC West is not as good, I don't think, that we thought it was. I mean, look at the AFC South. They just went out and rolled things. But the AFC West, I don't know. We'll see what the Broncos can do tonight. I haven't been impressed with Russell Wilson or anything the Broncos are doing. Like I said, the Raiders, the only 0-3 football team in the National Football League, and Brandon Staley of the Chargers has turned needs to get criticism other coaches get. He didn't make the playoffs last year because of his coaching. And now get the doors blown off you by the Jacksonville Jaguars at home? Doesn't make a lot of sense. That's the good news for the Kansas City Chiefs. And still the best coach in the division, still the best quarterback in the division, that should give you some kind of solace. Now they got to put it around. The game plan wasn't good. You saw at the end of the half, where Mahomes wanted to keep going forward and throw the football down the field. And BNM didn't. And he ran the clock out, and Mahomes wasn't very happy about it towards the end. So, all those things with the Chiefs. Where do you sit with the Chiefs now? Obviously, when they lose games, we all kind of shake our head. And they don't lose by much. Mahomes lost, what, two games in his history over eight points? Doesn't happen. He's been good in the months of September. Now it's 13 and three, the record in September, 49 touchdowns. Four interceptions for the Chiefs, seven different offensive players with touchdowns as they continue to spread the ball around. But we want to hear from you guys, 913-586-7610, 913-586-7610. Also, the Jay Southland Toe Service text line as we take the phone calls in our no huddle for anything you want to say about the Kansas City Chiefs now and for the next couple of hours. Let's hash this thing out. And uh, we had to come on a little bit late. I get it. the Royals are playing. What a comeback the Royals! How about those Royals, huh? Nice little comeback the Kansas City Royals had today. As we heard Josh Vernier for the final week here of Kansas City Royals baseball. Let's go to the phone lines. Dan, what's up, Dan? think about you, you, know. yeah. Dan, Dan's gone. It looks like we're having some of the phone same phone lines that Josh uh, Vernier had, but nine one three five eight six. 7 6, 10 is the phone number. Jed, I'll be honest with you, sitting here watching the game with you. I didn't panic. We've seen it before. I mean, last week they fell down 10 points to the Chargers, who I thought were a better football team than what we saw today from the Colts. I've seen this team fall down and come back and win games. Today they didn't, and that's the biggest surprise. Because the look the Colts had at the halftime looked like a team that was going to lose. Totally looked like a team that was going to lose. I even wrote it down. Just the Colts' expression, oh, no, here come the Kansas City Chiefs. They looked really defeated at halftime. You know, they're down in the game 14-10 to at that point. The Chiefs had come back in the game, and they did get that two-point conversion from Kelsey. That looked good. You know, they get the eight points in the second quarter, the six in the first quarter after missing the extra point. Things looked good for the Kansas City Chiefs holding that 14-10 halftime lead. And at that point, you thought the ball was going to start to roll. At that point, you thought the Chiefs were going to kick it in the gear and beat the Indianapolis Colts, who were shut out in Jacksonville. Doesn't look as bad now because the Jags might be better than we think they are. But it is a team that tied the Texans and got blown out by the Jags. Let's go back and try Dan. Dan, what's up, my man? Hey, how you
3: doing? Yeah, I'm listening to country music.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Go ahead.
3: Oh, hey, hey Bink. how you doing? Hey, we're doing great, man.
2: I'm sorry oh, yeah, about the uh, hold
0: music. The, just
4: I just got back from the power in my district today, and I have agreed to you. The uh, special teams are real sloppy. Yeah, I can't believe Sky Moore. Everybody can believe how he fumbled the ball, you know, and the defense played pretty good. And uh, do you think, think they should call that on Chris Jones? It didn't look like he
3: really ta- taunted that run. What did you think about that? And let's take care of the Buccaneers.
2: Thank you know what? He shouldn't have done anything, Dan. I mean, he, he shouldn't have. I mean, it's tough not to talk in football. Everybody talks in football. Everybody runs their mouth. Everybody talks smack. I get it. But he didn't do anything like push him or anything like that. Like he didn't do anything, and they were hell. I've seen Tom Brady do this stuff, yell at opposing players, and it's been frequent that he does it. But I've never seen someone flag like that. What? What an important part of the football game for him to do it. Chris Jones did speak on that particular issue after the game.
5: Oh, it sucks, man. Because I blame myself for that. Um, We were stirred down. We got off the field. Defense fought hard. And I kind of put us in a situation uh, to get back on the field and then we got scored on, and that sums up the game. So I take that one, uh, it was my fault. It was definitely my fault. And, uh, as, a, as a veteran player on this team, I gotta be better uh, you know, with those type of things, especially those situations, uh, but it won't happen again for me. Uh, I'll take full blame, apologize to my team you know, for putting us in that type of situation. It was third down, we was off the field would have gave my offense the ball back. Third and six
2: was the situation. Matt Ryan sacked at the Indy 31 for an eight-yard loss, sacked by Nick Bolton, who had his first two career NFL sacks in this game. Chris Jones gets the unsportsmanlike conduct 15 yards, and it was enforced at the Indy 31. So they get the first down. They keep the drive going. But that was a killer. And Chris Jones said, "The as a veteran, you got to know better. But again, it's like... (laughs) It must have been really bad what he said. It must have been really bad because guys run their mouth all the time. As long as they're pushing the other player, who cares? But I guess he said something that shouldn't have been said. We'll take a timeout. When we come back. We'll talk to the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney.
1: Let's go no huddle. Edwards-
2: Kansas City Chiefs lose to the Indianapolis Colts today as the Chiefs uh, suffer their first loss of the season. You know, last season... Two thousand twenty-one, they started the season one and two, then two and two, two and three, three and three, then three and four. Wasn't a good start for the Kansas City Chiefs. Could this spiral its way into that before they turn things around eventually? We'll talk to the editor-in-chief, Arrowheadpride.com. We do each and every week. His name is Pete Sweeney. As we go out to Pete, uh, right now, his appearance presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports book in the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio. Pete, tough day for the chiefs. Good evening. How's it going, Jake? It's going, uh, it's going okay, Pete, you know, just another loss and, you know, you hope it doesn't manifest like last year because I think we forget last year, how tenuous things started with the Kansas city chiefs before they really got in sync and started the
4: role. Yeah, there was a, a lull period and you know, it, it is very early. I, I think even some of the, the better Chiefs teams, they, they do have a couple of these losses that are ones that confuse you. They befuddle you. You don't, you don't expect them necessarily. And, and today was one of those days where, where everything kind of went wrong except for the defensive side of the football. And even still, it did seem like the Chiefs might pull out a win, uh, but just not enough. Too many mistakes. And, and finally, the, the last one was, was Chris Jones and whatever he said to Matt Ryan.
2: Yeah, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? I mean, usually you see somebody push somebody or shove somebody, but what a crucial time of the game to call that because we see guys running their mouth all game, Pete. You rarely see this.
4: Yeah, that that's the one thing that was a, a bit surprising. Is is typically there has to be some sort of physical altercation, and yeah, Andrew alluded to that in his in his press conference. Just the idea that you know the, he saw no physical contact, so. I think you wonder what Chris Jones said. Chris Jones said he didn't really remember. Matt Ryan remembered, but he, he wasn't willing to say. So <laughs> might be might be one of those things we never we never know what really happened.
2: Yeah, it's good code there. You know, no one knows uh what to do. But special teams, Pete. Uh, you did talk about the defense. We'll get to that in just a second, but special teams, yeah, that was the drawback. I mean the fake punt, it was obviously a mistake. Andy Reid said it was, D we probably saw the last of Amandola. Missed extra point. Yeah. Justin Reed's a better kicker, to be honest with you. He puts the ball in the end zone on kickoffs, to be honest. But special teams were absolutely horrid today.
4: Yeah, I, you know, I think that really gave you a reason to relish what Harrison Butker does on a week-in, week-out basis. But I think sometimes we we take that automatic guy, and, and don't get me wrong, he'll have his mistakes sometimes, we take that automatic guy a little bit for granted. and. Uh, Matt Amendola and that uh, 13 of 19 previously before he got to the Chiefs really reared its ugly head and uh, it it wasn't necessarily always the deciding part of the game but it 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 to me was it was something that was keeping the Chiefs in in a funk that they just could not find themselves out of when it came to the offense and, and the teams uh, and I you know I, I think Matt Amendola did a nice job uh, in the last game um, but you know kickers their their lifespan is short and I, I don't expect he'll be here next week. Harrison Butker might have been ready anyway, but in the case that he's still recovering from that ankle and the swelling, I imagine the Chiefs will have another kicker in here
2: um, next next week. Yeah, 100% with you on that one. The offense, Pete, didn't look as crisp as what we've seen in the past. Uh, Obviously, there were some words between Bianami and Mahomes at the end of the first half where Mahomes wanted to go down and score. Uh, The running game was atrocious today uh, for the Chiefs. Not only that, but all the time they left by not having a timeout at the end of the game to give Mahomes essentially no time.
4: Yeah, I I wonder, and and this is something that you, you start to question in hindsight, I was wondering why maybe the Chiefs weren't using their timeouts around the two-minute mark when the Colts had the football, right? Because, you know, if they were to score a touchdown, and I understand you're playing a dangerous game. We saw that in the regular season game last year against the Cincinnati Bengals where you could use the timeouts and they might not be in the end zone and then all of a sudden you just run out of time. But still, uh, you question every decision in a loss like this where I, I just feel like the Chiefs are, are such a better team than the Annapolis Colts, but they've shot themselves in the foot time and time again. It just was one too many mistakes. And to me, that was another one. Maybe not calling timeouts as, as the Colts set the football in the red zone.
2: Now, defensively, I thought they did a great job. I think Steve Spagnola had one of his best games calling plays, to be honest with you, because... He found a way to manufacture a blitz, and I thought that was going to be the story coming this year. I've talked about LeJerry Sneed and what an outstanding you know, blitzer he can be from the secondary in the nickel spot. He's outstanding, but then Nick Bolton getting his first two NFL sacks as well. He's not an edge guy. He's an inside guy. That happened. Then we did see Carlos Dunlap on the edge look like fresh, young Carlos Dunlap when he just sprinted back to Matt Ryan and got the sack, but the pass rush was there for the Chiefs. They were, what, 12th in the NFL and sacks. are going to go up this week.
4: Yeah, and I I just think, and it's crazy to say this, one of the best parts of the Chiefs right now is the defensive line as a whole, uh, which is not something I think I would be saying to you at at week three, and especially with Mike down out of the mix today, but I thought Steve Spagnuolo called a great game, and I I think Spagnuolo should be sick. I think the Chiefs should be sick uh, for just blowing just an outstanding defensive performance and, and game plan, and it's really rare in kansas city in recent years that we're blaming offense and dave tobe's special teams unit but you know we see weird games in the nfl all the time and this is one of those weird sundays where the parts that are supposed to be stuff you rely on were unreliable and the, the part of the team that you had questions about played outstanding and it was a wasted effort you know you think about they allowed two touchdowns the touchdown the to end to end the game when chris jones shot them, shot himself in the foot and the other touchdown was at the beginning of the game when they started at the four-yard line. So even the touchdowns, you, you feel like it's hard to even blame the defensive unit for that. So just a really disappointing uh, day, I think, for Chiefs fans and really the Chiefs just because you, you you blew what was an outstanding defensive performance.
2: Did you sense it and feel it at halftime? Because I did. I just mentioned it. Uh, Looking at the Colts' expression, their faces when the Chiefs, you know, had taken that lead. Uh, they had taken mm-hmm. it right back and just the ease in which they did it. It was like, oh, they, you know, they were thinking, here we go again. But they look defeated at halftime. That's why it's kind of shocking they actually won, because I think it surprised them.
4: Yeah, and I think also, too, what – I you know, and I, I don't like to always pick sides here, right, because we're just supposed to present the information, let the fans decide. But I was with Mahomes when, you know, there's there's 20-something 20, 20, 20 so, seconds left. And, and, I you know, I get it. You're at the end of the half. You don't have the timeouts. But this is Patrick Mahomes, and you brought these re- receivers here for a reason. I, I just didn't love that moment where they handed it off to Jett McKinnon and they were just comfortable with the 14-10 lead. And I get, look, this isn't the, the Legion of Zoom Chiefs anymore. This is more more methodical. Let's win the game. Almost like a chess match offense type deal. But to me, I just didn't love surrendering at the end of the half, even still getting the ball back. And we saw how the game played out. I don't think that was the sole reason that the Chiefs lost, but I think it was one of the reasons of, of many uh, where, um, you regain the lead. You do have all this momentum, and then you just settle for the four-point lead. I, just, I didn't love it, and I, to me, that's that's not been the Chiefs' identity for a long time now. And you know, I, I, bet you they learned from that.
2: Pete, as far as this division, this division was highly touted as the best division in football. Um, I know it's early, and we're three weeks into the season, uh, but I don't think we can make that statement anymore. The Chargers look like absolute crap today, losing thirty-eight to ten. I know Herbert's banged up, but still. Mahomes doesn't lose those games. They don't they don't have thirty eight to ten losses. They just don't. That that is a bad football team the way that they played today. Raiders, the only 0 3 team in the national football league. The Broncos, if they lose tonight, they are Sunday night football against the number one defense in the NFL, the 49ers, they could fall to two and one. Hell if they win, they're two and one. Big deal. But this division doesn't seem to be as daunting as it did. No. Uh
4: And that teaches you a lesson every year. Like sometimes things you're assuming in March and and April, you get to the fall and things can be a a lot different. And we had a lot of respect for the Las Vegas Raiders and what they might be able to do this year. I mean, they're still looking for their their first win. The Broncos have looked um, not so great, you know, through these first two games. They did manage a win against the Houston Texans, but you're wondering if they can get things going tonight against the San Francisco 49ers. I think, I think they're still waiting to, to get something going. And then, yeah, the Chargers did not look the part. And what, what's even interesting about it, too, is, I mean, you look at the grand um, you know, picture of the AFC. Buffalo Bills lose to Miami today. Uh, and I, I just think we're, we're looking at each other here, and we're like, okay, uh, can the Chiefs overcome the, their own Division A? Can they overcome the Buffalo Bills? And can they overcome the Cincinnati Bengals? And now suddenly I think you're like, wait a minute. Are there other customers to this party? And I'm not talking about the Colts because I think the Colts need a lot to happen to win today. Miami Dolphins look legit. I hate to say that in Kansas City. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars look like they could be a really interesting team, and suddenly it's not a party of three or four. I mean, you're talking about six, seven contenders, and we've said the NFC is wide open. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if the AFC is as well.
2: You buy it into the Dolphins because I'll say this, Pete. Today, Tyree killed two catches, 33 yards. Jalen Waddle four for 102. And listen, everything's going fine now because they're winning. But that team's got a lot of egos and attitudes and things like that. And if you, if you start to lose, things go downhill. I mean, is Tyreek Hill calling Rosenhouse and complaining about the two catches after a win like he did in Kansas City? I'm just curious. And by week six, if, yeah, I mean, if, if Jalen Waddell continues to put up better numbers than him, is, are they going to start having a problem offensively? I, I just see something that looks great right now, but could collapse.
4: Well, with all those personalities, and, and you know this, you've seen different teams over the years where when you have those personalities, if you win, it's fine. And you're making a good point. If, if you start losing, you know, then things can kind of, kind of sputter there. Uh, and, and you're asking good questions. Uh, but, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the team right now, and I understand the Buffalo Bills were badly, badly injured, you know, in the backfield. They were missing a lot of defensive starters. Uh, but this is the NFL, right? I mean, teams have injuries every single week. You either overcome them and you don't. Uh, and the Dolphins were able to get a, a huge win in a division, too. Like, the Dolphins, no one ever even considered that they could win the division. I think some people thought the Patriots were interesting in Mac Jones' the second year. A lot of people just assumed the Buffalo Bills would not only roll over their division but win the damn Super Bowl. And now the, t- the Dolphins seem like a little bit of a roadblock. And uh, y- you have interest there just because the, the Chiefs and the Dolphins uh, in that trade it just was a significant part of these franchises' trajectories. And you're watching from afar to see if it works out. The uh, Kansas City offense didn't look great today. And not to say that Tyreek Hill would have made a huge difference. I think it was more than that. Um, but the Dolphins are 3-0. and And it's, it's just suddenly an, another interesting storyline in the NFL.
2: Any thoughts about Mahomes v. Brady? Once again, here's Brady playing uh, Rodgers today and losing. Uh, Brady loses, and now he's got Mahomes again. We all know what happened in regular season a couple years ago. Obviously, they flipped the script right. in the Super Bowl. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of a fun game to look forward to, to be honest with you.
4: Well, take the, take the Arrowhead pride out of it. Take, you know, two Sims out of it and being in Kansas city, you have two really great quarterbacks that don't like to lose two games in a row. And one of these guys will lose two games in a row in on, on Sunday night. And uh, I think it's going to be a, a really fun matchup to watch. I always like when Tom Brady and, and Patrick Mahomes get together. And I think there is a sense of not only, okay, we just lost to the Colts. We need to get our stuff back together, but I think it's, we, last time we were here, we had a really bad taste in our mouth, and I, I think proving that you're a different team now is, is something that'll play into you know that that game. Um, just getting getting the offense and feeling good about it again. Like I, I, don't, I do not think the Chiefs are going to watch this tape and feel like uh, they have a good offense right now, and so it, it's turning the page quickly, not letting one win turn into two, and and not falling into that quicksand. You know, because if you go on a on a skid here, you know you start to play yourself out of any kind of of by contention just because there is only one instead of two right now
2: great stuff pete sweeney the editor-in-chief arrowheadpride.com check out their fantastic work over there pete's appearance brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook america's number one sportsbook in the official sportsbook of 610 sports radio thanks a lot pete looking forward to talking to you next week my friend all right jay thank you there you go pete sweeney right there joining us and that's the thing jen Spags was nails, man. I've been saying it all off season, right? When I'm asked, what, what do you think of the Chiefs pass rush? I said, it's going to be manufactured. You know, safety blitzes. Saw that with Justin Reed. Nickel blitzes. Legereus Snead. Saw the inside linebacker blitz. And don't forget, Leo Chenal will be used in this equation. I'm a little upset with Pete for not saying smell you later. Well, this was because the Chiefs lost. Pete sometimes tempers things down when the Chiefs lose. And that's the issue? I, I think so. He's a little bit down, you know, when they do. The whole smell you later is funny. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Whenever the Chiefs win, you know, but when they lose, eh, kind of uh, loses some lust. You know what I'm saying? He did seem down. He was a little bit. Long Island guy. Well, I mean, you know, the Chiefs, you know, his publications about the Chiefs and Chiefs just win and. Wait,
6: hang on. Tell me more about this Arrowhead Pride. So what is it and they, they what does it They cover the Chiefs
2: do? and the Chiefs only. You know? no, really? Yeah, and they do a great job.
6: It's the best publication out there. If you really wanted to go and 100%. follow, if you're really intrigued about the Chiefs, you should go to arrowheadpride.com. I know I do. Great guys over there. Do it all the time.
2: But Speggs, here's the thing, Jed. I was sitting here talking to you. We were watching the game there. I said, see, he's dialing up weird stuff, man. He's making you think where they're coming from. That was a beautiful game plan. Not letting Mike Matt Ryan feel comfortable at all. Matt Ryan didn't shouldn't have scared anybody today, and I thought Jonathan Taylor was held in check by the Chiefs. Chiefs defense looked good. I think this defensive line is better than what they were you know expecting coming in. I think defensive line is actually better than the offensive line. To be one hundred percent honest with you, but manufacturing the blitz, having it come from different directions, is just what they do. I mean, this is just what the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo does. If you don't have the elite guy on the edge. Or if Carl Loftus, you're saying, all right, he's good. He's going to be good for the future, but is he good now? But you got to find a way to get the quarterback. You have to make that quarterback feel uncomfortable. You have to make them question what they're doing. And you saw that with Herbert. He felt really comfortable that first half against the Chiefs when they played the Chargers. He was feeling it, man. He was feeling the Chargers. Twitter was feeling it. The team was feeling it. Then what happened? the second half, putting pressure on him, making him feel it. You know, say, hey, well, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, when's, when do they lose? You put pressure on him. Yeah, that's obvious. No quarterback does well with pressure. But some guys, I mean, it really starts to bother their attitude. And just like when Peyton Manning doesn't have time to be Peyton Manning when he played, or when Tom Brady, you know, doesn't have time to be Tom Brady, it starts the frustration starts to set in. The Chiefs are finding ways to make you think – Okay, they might not be able to get us on the edge, but, you know, you yeah, got Chris Jones up to the middle. That could cause damage. Now you have Nick Bolton. It's an inside linebacker blitz. He got two sacks today. Then you always have a Sneed Snead to worry about. They were using uh, Cook today, the missile from Cincinnati they drafted, using him on the blitz. I mean, they were using three different guys from the secondary to get to the quarterback, and it worked. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Steve in a late. What's up, Steve? Hey,
3: guys. Uh, you know, I think what we learned today is that the, the margin for error with this team is very slim. It's very – we're lucky that everyone else in the division is losing. It's just that you cannot – you cannot have minute mistakes become ma- major mistakes, Sky Moore and Juju running the, running the wrong wrong pattern on the last play, and Mahomes was right to take on Eric Eric it's, the, it's this mentality that we have to sit on leads and play conservative. You ha- with Tyreek Hill, we can play free. And, and sitting on the ball, uh, Eric bien deserved to get chewed out right there. If, if you ask me, we, we've got way too many conservative-type people, and then you're going to lose games with it. You have to play with a free mind. Um, I, I want you to, I, I want you guys to discuss why why we're sitting on the ball with two seconds left when you could throw it downfield and get a penalty at the end of the first half. I don't know why everybody protects Eric Bieniemy. He he, he did the, Mahomes was right. Well, the other, needs, other thing too is to the other thing is too is
2: Andy Reid took blame for it too. Keep this in mind. You know, we can sit here and blame Eric Bieniemy all we want, which is great. You think the buck stops Eric Bieniemy? No, the buck stops with Andy Reid. Everything goes to him. Hell, if he wants to push the ball downfield at the end of the half, they're going to push the ball down at the end of the half. Let's not forget that. You know, Let's well, not think and, for a second, Eric, Vietnamese has got more power than Andy Reid because that's simply not true. At as all.
3: a head coach, you have to delegate some of that. I mean, obviously you can't make d- 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 major decisions, but I, I think but you don't want to start an open, open warfare. Everyone's trying to minimize this. Say, oh, well. There's no disagreement. Well, I guarantee him Mahomes still
2: thinks we should have thrown the ball downfield. There is, Of course, is he's a competitor. It's what competitors want to do, man. Exactly. They want to score at any cost. It's, it's, I mean, that, that's exactly what they want to do. They want to, to push pretend. the ball down. They want to push the ball down and score. It's what they want to do. It's, it's a competitor, and I get it. You know, and Andy Reid said, hey, there's some things that he would take back. I mean, there's a lot of things we'd all take back in her life or making business decisions we would but i'm not going to freak out over one loss i'm not going to freak out over a three point loss and to me who hasn't been
6: critical of the relationship between Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy you know like when you look at what the play calling offense has been i think that everybody at least in Kansas City is of the same opinion that Andy Reid is the one who has the juice like you were talking about bank but to me, it's I, I, they even addressed it after the game. Those are two things. When you get highly competitive people in the heat of a moment, that will happen. And to me, I I don't feel like that was necessarily a bad thing. It's unfortunate that it happened, but I don't think that that was the reason why the
2: the Chiefs lost the game. No, but I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I, I <laughs> Mahomes is clearly upset with the enemy in the direction. But sure, you think enemy acted alone. No. No, Andy, Andy Reed's in the head headset. Andy Reed is the guy that orchestrates everything that happens with that football team, for sure. And let's not ul- forget that. Let me. Let's not forget that, that. That's the end all be all,
6: right? And I, th- I think that you and I know well enough that Andy Reed ultimately has the juice, and he's calling the plays. Eric B enemy is signaling them in to Patrick Mahomes. Whether he's upset because they didn't have the right call, I think that maybe. The disconnect might come from maybe the relationship that he and Andy Reid have as opposed to what Eric Biennemi and Mahomes have. I have no inside information on that, but I, to me, that's where when you sit and look at it, to me, that's not two guys who are upset with each other. It's two guys who put into a circumstance didn't necessarily see eye to eye, which isn't the worst thing always.
2: Not always, not always. It's going to happen, but I'll, I'll take a three-point loss. It's much better feeling than sitting there as the Chargers getting bombed at home, thirty-eight to ten.
6: Oh, I feel like that's fine. I mean,
2: it, it just happens. Oh, if you're And Chiefs don't forget fan, the Chiefs were one and two last year, then they were two and two, then they were two and three, then they were three and three, then they were three and four. Boom comes the winning streak. Did they make the playoffs though, Big? They did. They made the AFC oh, title they game. They did. Mahomes has made the AFC title game every year, so don't every panic. Year? twice he's gotten a super bowl the other two times he's lost in overtime.
6: So if one loss isn't yeah, with well, the overtime rules, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I yeah. see what you're doing. But
2: about. there was a lot of mistakes we could look back and say to fix them And I'm sure going back and watching this film is not going to be fun for the coaching staff just looking at missed opportunities that they had today. We'll take a time out the phone number 913-586-76. Then we come back. We'll hear from the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs Mitch Holtus the great calls of the game brought to you by Tollmore
1: You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Hartman
0: waits for a block, and he gets the 15-10, explodes, dives, the Jets has landed the
1: plane. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtz. Touchdown Kansas City! That's
2: right, Touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtz, brought to you by Tola When it's game time, it's Toli time. Well, the Colts, you guys know the outcome, so it's always tough to do this. But we'll hear it. Matt Ryan to Woods for the first touchdown of the game.
0: Ryan will be in the shotgun this time. They've also got a tight wing sent to the right on third down and goal to go inside the one. Ryan wants to throw it. Looking left, fires for the end zone, caught, and it's Jelani Woods. His first NFL catch for the rookie out of Virginia is a touchdown for the Colts. And the fumble punt leads
2: to Colts points. Jelani Woods gets the first touchdown, the rookie. Tight in for the Colts. Gets the first touchdown from Matt Ryan. But 1.23 off the clock. That was a fast one. Remember, Sky Moore muffs the punt. The Colts get the ball. Chiefs did a great job of forcing the uh, Colts to punt. And they muff the punt. Put them down there in great territory. They score three plays and only four yards. A minute 23 off the clock is Jelani Woods. Gets the touchdown at the back of the end zone. The Kansas City Chiefs, though, would get on the board once again. Is the last score of the first quarter.
0: Chiefs are in the red zone. First down and goal to go at the three, trailing seven to nothing. Inside of a minute to go, first quarter. Mahomes will throw first down and fires near side, caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Travis Kelsey with the touchdown on an out deep in the end zone and the Chiefs have a chance to tie it with a point after.
2: And we've heard that multiple times. Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Extra point. Not so good. That was a missed extra point um, by Matt Amendola. They made the score 7-6. to six. That was a four-play, 35-yard drive, taking two minutes, three seconds off the clock. By the Chiefs, scored 7-6, to six, heading to the second quarter. And then uh, Chase McLaughlin kicked a 43-yard field goal for the Colts. They went up 10-6 before Clyde the Glide got into the end zone, which, believe it or not, this is shorter than a yard, Jed. He was credited for seven carries and no yard, but he did get in the end zone.
0: Edward Hilaire is the running back. Chiefs load up, double tights to the right side. Motion to the right side is hard. First down and goal to go. They give it off, right side. Edward Hilaire waits, hesitates, gets into the end zone, left shoulder first. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs have their first lead of the game at 1.46 to go in the second
6: quarter.
2: Clyde to glide, one yard run. Puts the Kansas City Chiefs. Then Travis Kelsey a two point conversion made the score fourteen to ten. I heard I heard that
6: his nickname actually was Louisiana Hot Sauce. I don't Thanks, know.
2: Jed. I've heard it too. Louisiana Hot Sauce gets into the end zone. Five catches, thirty nine yards. Uh, doing better in the passing game for the Chiefs than the actual running game. Five plays, twenty one yards. Minute thirty seven. Because again, you know, getting a Matt Ryan fumble a turnover helped the Kansas City Chiefs sack. Going into halftime is fourteen to ten Chiefs. And the Colts, the expression on their faces was a team that was defeated, but they still believed because the Chiefs kept them in this game. Matt Amendola in the third quarter did hit a 26-yard field goal. He missed an extra point, and he missed a 34-yarder, which he left four points off the table. Chiefs lose by three points. But anyway, that made the score 17 to 10. Then Chase McLaughlin of the Colts kicks a 51-yard field goal. Ten plays. It was a nice ten-play drive, 42 yards, 5:03 off the clock, making the score. 17 to 13. And then we've got the final score for the Colts. 16 plays, 76 yards, 814 off the clock. It was ridiculous how much time they took off the clock. Matter of fact, people were talking about a couple years ago, the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They lost the Colts in the regular season. Why? Because of time of possession. TOP. The Colts had it. If they could find a way to keep time of possession, this is what happens. But Chris Jones on the play Chris Jones had the situation on third and six Chiefs get the ball or gonna force a punt by the Colts and guess what happens Jed guess what happens a sack interception
0: 17 13 Kansas City second and 10 Colts at the KC 12 yard line Ryan the throw they push the pocket he fires for the end zone it is caught touchdown colts caught by jelani woods the third round draft pick out of virginia on a 12-yard touchdown reception at 24 seconds to go in the
7: game
6: that was not what you presented at all jay i thought it was a sack or an interception no the
7: pressure the chief's defense employed earlier in this game the just kind of dissipated <laughs> Another part. Chris Jones gets close to Matt Ryan on that play, but that's a laser thrown by Matt Ryan. 24 seconds left. Down by two, possibly three here. To put it, the onus on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes and this offense.
0: Big <clears throat> PAT try here by Chase McLaughlin. Keep in mind the Chiefs missed a PAT and a field goal in this game. McLaughlin's kick is good, and the Colts lead 20 to 17 at 24 seconds to go.
6: No and
2: way. well, Jed, that's kind of 16 play drive. No expert, but it
6: seems like had they made that field goal and extra point, it might have been a happier it might outcome. Have been. Chris Jones I don't know, not I getting
2: mean, the 15 I still I think that was he was talking. Right? He never pushed him, he never shoved him. There was no physical contact by Chris Jones. But the Tully touchdown of the game, brought to you by Tola Irish Whiskey. It's got to be this one. Usually, it's more fun when they win. But I'm going to go ahead and give it to Travis Kelsey to Mahomes.
0: Chiefs are in the red zone. First down and goal to go at the three, trailing seven to nothing. Inside of a minute to go first quarter. Mahomes will throw first down and fires near side. Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Travis Kelsey with the touchdown on an out deep in the end zone. And the Chiefs have a chance to tie it with a point after.
2: That was the tullamore Do Chiefs play of the game. It's Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tola Mordue. When it's game time, it's totally time. Got me thinking for a second, Jen. Like, okay, Travis Coe, Kel- we'll think something positive here, right? Travis Kelsey, most consecutive games with the pass reception, he's got 129 now. I can't can't take it for granted, like, how good he's been with the just it. like, oh, oh, ho oh, hum, there's Travis Kelsey. 129 for consecutive games with the pass reception. Tony Gonzalez has the record at 131. That's going to fall. It's going to fall really quickly. NFL record book for most consecutive games for a pass reception active streak. He's right behind DeAndre Hopkins, who's suspended right now. He's got 129. Hopkins has 136. Also, Travis Kelsey, if you want to know two-point conversions, keep in mind the NFL adopted the two-point conversion back in 1994. He has five. Tony Gonzalez had three and then a host of other Chiefs at two, as he did get a two-point conversion today. But he sits there, in most two-point conversion passes, uh, obviously Mahomes he's behind Lynn Dawson by two, because the AFL had different rules back then before the NFL merger, and that's where that sit. But uh, Travis Kelsey, I think we kind of take it for granted sometimes just how good that he is. But the Chiefs lose today. I'm kind of curious, too. Like, are you down on the Chiefs? Because last year... People were really down, Jed. I mean, they were really down. The Chiefs lost, and again, when you start one and two, there's going to be doubts. There's going to be anger. But I think I'll ride with the guy that's fifth all time in coaching wins, Andy Reid. When you have number 15 under center too, yeah. and he's also third all time in postseason wins. One more win puts him and Belichick up at the top. That's and as, as we
6: were talking about last week, I think one of the things that's unbelievable about Coach Reid, and one of the things that is probably underappreciated. Is that people don't have the understanding of just how impressive it, it, it is to have an over 500 or 500 winning record in the postseason because it's a one and done tournament, you know? Like you don't get more chances. So I think that that is one of the things that I always uh, am astounded at when you talk about Coach Reed's uh, coaching acumen.
2: No question they will turn it around. I mean, there's a lot to turn around after this game. It's a lot to think about. And you would think with extra rest, it would look different. Sloppy game.
6: And turn around.
2: Offensively, it wasn't sloppy.
6: For sure. But, I mean, you're still talking about a team that gave up 20 points. And turn around, again, I still maybe even bristle at a little bit when you're talking about a team that's 2-1 and in a division that they've dominated for five years. So, I think, to me, that's one of the things I think – Unfortunately, we live in a society where it's very overreactionary, and I get that everyone's frustrated. We all want the Chiefs to win. Obviously, we, being the Chiefs' partners, want them to win. It helps all of us. But still, the Chiefs at two and one, uh, who would you put in front of them,
2: Bink? Would you put the Bills in front of them? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. But at this point, but, no, uh, it's, it's like beat them in the postseason, then we'll talk. Right, and they have to go, you know, beat them, like. Be- I know they beat him in the regular season last year. Beat him in the postseason, and then we'll talk. i don't, not ready to give the mantle to the Bills yet. Sure. And well, and the I mean, Dolphins, I'm not 100% buying into because I right. think at some point it could be an implosion.
6: Well, and who knows how long Tua's actually going to be able to stay healthy. I mean, he's shown throughout his career that he has a propensity to get injured. But even if you look around the rest of the AFC, I mean, are, are you
2: fearing the Bengals? No, they did get the win today over the Jets. But they're one and two, right? Are you fearing the Bills? We just talked about that.
6: No, are you? I don't fearing... think it was the
2: team to fear in the AFC. Exactly. The Chiefs right Unless there with you're
6: them. the Chiefs, I think that they're the best team, and I know that there are, it might be diminishing returns or whatever, but I still think that they're the team to beat. I know that everybody's hot and heavy on the Bills, but I have less fear of them than I did prior to the season.
2: And the one thing too is it's the NFL. Things flip on a dime. They do. Like who can the Jags keep this up? They did lose the Commanders this year, but right? Today was a great win, but again, Justin Herbert not one hundred percent. Obviously, we know about the ribs. He was a true game time decision. But to lose thirty eight to ten is not ideal. He's not the one out there letting James Robinson run fifty yards for a touchdown. He like was that not. had nothing to do with Justin Herbert.
6: No, and to me, I don't know. I if if you are a Chiefs fan, I think that's one of the things that you have to keep in perspective. Is that yeah, it's disappointing to anytime fall to a team that you're probably better than, especially in the Colts case. But if you're looking around the AFC, I still think that you should definitely think that you're the team to beat.
2: No question. And now it's, you know, put up or shut up time for the team. You got Tom Brady in the box this week. Then you get the Raiders who are really struggling at this point. I in. they're 0-3. Josh McDaniels, the coach. Listen, they're coming to Kansas City. There won't be any victory tours by the Raiders in this game. But then... It's the big game. You don't want to look ahead to the Buffalo Bills coming to town. Then you can plant that flag and say, who's better? You or the Bills. Then, oh, yeah, by the way, you play the number one defense in the NFL, the 49ers. And by the way, you get the Jaguars two weeks after that. Well, you have the bye week, then the Titans, then the Jags. So are the Jags real or not? You get a chance at Arrowhead Stadium to find out for yourselves if that team is real or not. Time to head inside that locker room now. And here from head coach Andy Reid, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Big Red after the game.
8: All right. Um, there are no injuries to give you. Uh, I will tell you that um, I didn't have our guys uh, ready to go well enough, and it's my responsibility. Could have put our guys in a lot better positions during that game, and uh, didn't take advantage of that. So I thought we had some real good downs, but we also had some turnovers and and uh, some mistakes uh, that shouldn't have taken place. And um, we'll correct those and get ourselves back ready to go. So, that time's yours.
9: Coach,
3: what do you say to Chris Jones um, on that fourth down play? What what was your message to him? I know it kind of like changed the game, but what do you say to him after an error like that?
8: Yeah, Um, well, I I didn't see any pushing or shoving. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you know, two, there were two guys talking to each other, I know that, and it seemed like um, Chris got called on that, so uh, the, I guess the best advice would be don't talk.
7: So you didn't get any further explanation on that, on that flag? That was what I was told. Yeah.
10: and can you walk us through the decision to, it looked from our management, it's a fake field goal, I guess make us, A, is that the case, um, what the decision was for that?
8: Uh, yeah, that's one I probably should have called.
10: Started from the start of the game, it uh, seems like special teams uh, have a few mistakes. How much does that carry over to the rest of the game?
8: You know, well, you listen, you, you know, in the NFL, there, there's, uh, the parity is crazy. So any mistakes get magnified, I and mean, that's just how it goes. And so we got to clean that up. You know, we got to clean it up, and, and we'll get that taken care of.
7: How would you just characterize the offense right now?
8: Yeah, um, you know what? I, I've got to make sure I'm putting the guys in a better position and get get us in a rhythm. I've got to get us in a, do a better job get us in a rhythm, and uh, that's not taking place. So, um, you know, we've we got to I got to go back and look at that. And
0: yet, as you guys were getting ready to go into the locker room for halftime, it appeared
9: that Patrick and E. B. didn't agree on. Decision. I don't know if it was whether to go for a hail Mary. Yeah. You had to sort of separate the two. Can you just no, yeah, there,
8: there wasn't. I, I, I'm sure that's how it looked, but it, there really wasn't. When I say he wanted to go for it. Obviously, okay, he, for he, hail Mary specifically. No, not a hail Mary. Something else that we have in the plan, but, but I thought it was best not to do it. So he was just—he's a competitive kid, you know, and he wants to, you know, take advantage of every opportunity. I thought it was best just to let that ride there but it really if you heard the words that were said that wasn't I don't know how it looked to you guys but it, it wasn't a confrontation at all that's not what it
9: was on, the, on that second on that opening drive that you had the second half you went for it the first time on fourth down decided to keep the field goal the second time you were on the fourth uh, fourth down what was the difference yeah, it was a little bit
8: longer time? and we had Chad I thought we had a shot at making the field goal right there
9: yeah, the, um, the, uh, how much
8: trust did you have in Amendola today? Um, I listen. I trust him because he made it last week. You know, so um, uh, at a certain spot, right? I want to make sure we we didn't put him in a in a bad position. He's a young guy that's just starting off here. So I mean, I tried to make sure it was the right right position to put him in.
9: Was there any any decision to have Justin kick, kick today for you? No. Andy, uh made asked you a minute ago about the, the fake fuel goal. Can you elaborate on your answer? You would I'm not sure what you what your answer was. Yeah,
8: my answer was I should probably not have done that.
9: So well, that's easy to see now. Go elaborate on your reasoning for doing it in the first place.
8: Yeah, we thought we would have it. Anything else? Dr.
2: There you go, Andy Reid, after the game, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Kansas said he's home for car audio since 1967. A couple things there, Jed. One, he said that it was kind of his decision not to push it down the field. Like, he kind of took the onus on that. Now, whether he meant that or not, but I've seen managers, Ned Yost do, used to do this with the Royals as well. he you take the blame for it. I think it's... That's what a good head coach or manager does.
6: I think it's actually the second time this week that we've heard Andy Reid talk about how he has brought the onus onto himself and stuff like that. Kind of putting to bed what relationship he, or excuse me, um, just what the play calling, you know, tendencies tend to be with the team and Eric Bieniemy's role, at least in my mind.
2: And, and what he said, too, was the fact that it was a mistake. Fake pump was a mistake. Or field goal was a mistake. You know, that was field goal at this time. And mm-hmm. Tommy Townsend threw the ball, which he did what on a trick play last year. So he said that was a mistake. Um, we don't know what the words were between me and and that stuff. He, he seemed to really kind of, you know, squash it. Of course, that's one of to do. We want to keep it in-house. That stuff does happen a lot.
6: For sure. And it does special- happen
2: a lot between players and coaches. We just I- happen to see it. But a lot of this happens. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen when the cameras aren't rolling.
6: Right. Well, and I mean, in the world we live in, we're – given so much more access than we ever were, especially when you and I were growing up, the special teams concerns definitely are real. But when you're playing without Harrison Butker, who actually is a very good weapon, especially in, you know, field goal kicking situations and stuff like that, I don't blame the chiefs, especially going in the road when you, it didn't seem like had everything rolling offensively. I don't think necessarily the call is the worst idea, the practicality and, you know, execution of it wasn't ideal, but still the call when you're playing down one of the best kickers in the NFL. I don't think that that's the worst read by Andy Reed.
2: No. And he also talked about Chris Jones there and the penalty, the fact that he didn't see any pushing or shoving. Right.
6: And I'm sure we'll hear from Chris Jones here in a minute, but it also seems like at least to him, it was something that he's experienced many times in his, there's a know, lot of
2: things said on that field yet. Oh, yeah. for
6: sure. <laughs> for sure. And when you're going back and forth and when it's a highly contested game like that, but Chris Jones also is a guy who's very affable and charismatic, especially within the media and stuff like that. I'm sure once you get into the heat of battle, that there's going to be a little bit of talk
2: and Tom Brady does this all the time. How many times have you seen Tom Brady yell? I guarantee there's not nice things he's saying. But you don't think. I don't think Philip Rivers. He talked a lot of junk, but I heard junk was clean. It was pretty – it would make you feel bad, but it was clean. right? Right. That was just river. He talked smack in a clean way, but he was talking smack. He was talking junk without cussing. Well, and isn't that? But he was still talking. still talking and making make junk.
6: And isn't that the beauty of sport that you want to have people who are competitors and go back and forth and yeah. get into it a little bit? weatherless whether the referees were too cavalier with what they decided it's to like do. He
2: body slammed him.
6: No, he did not.
2: Even that's legal. That's Travis Kelsey.
6: And then there was a body
2: slam in this game too. Yeah, there was a body slam. Chiefs getting a little uh, slam action on that. Well, speaking of Chris Jones, let's go back in that locker room and hear from Chris Jones at in Indianapolis. Locker room sound brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. It's Chris Jones uh, trying to explain basically what happened in that series because I'll be honest with you, a tough series, tough situation, what happened, and you could look to, you know, as Dick Vermeil said, it's funny because we come back to this all the time. Dick Vermeil says football comes down to one or two plays. And literally, it literally does come down to one or two plays. Unless you're the Chargers and the Jags, because that did not come down to one or two plays. But typically it does. Again, the missed kick, the missed extra point that did matter. Also, Chris Jones prolonging the drive by the Colts did matter. Here's Chris Jones.
5: Whatever the official call, man. Uh, I got to do a better job and not talking to opposing teams, right? Chris,
7: what what did you say?
5: Um, honestly, I don't even remember. I, I didn't think I said anything vulgar or disrespectful, um, but I just can't say anything within the heat of the moment. The game is changing, so I got to evolve to the game. Did you express,
0: express some level of frustration
5: at you for sort of maybe after the snap? Uh, I was frustrated that I got called. Uh, I don't think I said anything horrendous, but you know, uh, the official called it, and I can't take it back, so I got to do a better job of. Uh, playing the game and uh, not saying anything. Obviously, Were
7: you Matt Ryan talking also? Like, I thought
5: talking we was having you? a conversation with one another. But, you know, never know what the official scene could have heard something that was loud. So, you know, I just got to do a better job man. Uh, Sorry. playing football.
2: Were you surprised
5: at the flag? Uh, yeah, I was clearly surprised. I didn't think he was going to call the flag when we was clearly, you know, having a conversation. But, you know, did,
7: did, you, did you get an explanation? There's no
5: need for, for no explanation. You know, the flag was called. That's what he's called. So, you know, can't argue, can't take a flag back. So, next play.
3: Chris, how hard is it just to get past that it happened that way?
5: Oh, it sucks, man, because I blame myself for that. We um, was third down. We got off the field. Defense fought hard. And I kind of put us in a situation um, to get back on the field, and then we got scored on. And that sums up the game. So, I take that one. Um, it was my fault. It was definitely my fault, yeah as a as a veteran player on this team, I got to be better, uh, you know, with those type of things, especially those situations. Uh, but it won't happen again for me. Uh, I take full blame. Apologize to my team, you know, for putting us in that type of situation. It was third down. We was off the field. Would have gave our offense the ball back. So. Did you
9: actually speak to the team explicitly, or are you just sort of saying that in a general way? Just right saying it in general, you know. Yeah. Is this the type of thing you feel like
7: you've said, done before without being flagged
5: and stuff? listen, I've never been flagged for talking or having a conversation. But the game is evolving, man. So we got to learn to adjust as players, and we got to do a better job at it.
3: Okay, thanks, guys. Last one. How do you assess where this team is? Week one, you guys came out with the <laughs> dominant the last
7: two weeks. Sort of scuffled here and there. So what are the cheese right
5: now? We're still growing. We're still growing. Um, a little adversity. Uh, don't get your hand up on the loss. It's so a lot of good that came out of this, and it's a lot of learning points that we can learn from this. So Thank you guys,
7: appreciate, appreciate it. a lot.
2: There you go, Chris Jones. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, King City's home for car audio since 1967. And if that's true, Jed, hey, I was just talking. You know, he talked about the game evolving. Like you can't do things in this game that you used to be able to do. It's a, you know, it's a tough break at times, right?
6: And I it, think that. It shows maturity from Chris Jones recognizing
2: responsibility.
6: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that the Chiefs certainly would take pride in, knowing that their players are actually being responsible and stuff like that. Maybe the actions didn't play out on the field today, but at least Chris Jones, especially given his contract and things of that nature, I, I definitely think that the Chiefs have to be very happy with that response.
2: Not only that, I'll give credit here to Matt Ryan, Jed. He's not kissing and telling. He's doing code, right? I'm not going to tell you what he said. Oh, I see what you're doing. You see what I'm saying? I mean, he could have said, well, yeah, Chris Jones said this, this, and this. But Matt Ryan's probably that type. But it happened in the game, and he's – seriously, he's like, okay, I'm not going to tell you what he said. I mean, I do respect that to some extent that, you know, he's not throwing it out there. Hey, he said this, this, and this to me. It hurt my feelings. Like, I'm giving credit because he's not saying – like if Chris really hurt his feelings, he would say something, but he, Matt Ryan knows this is stuff that goes on all the time in football. He, he could probably sit there and tell you a laundry list of things said to him during that game. <laughs> Do you think so? He did not break guy code there. Did he, he could have, but he didn't
6: No, he did not. And I, I mean, you and I know just as well as anybody, Jay, with the, the conversations that go on. In between the trenches. Very friendly. Oh, super friendly. And that's why they obviously put the boom bikes right up there.
2: Oh, wait, they do they do not. You know actually. John Randall. You remember him? He used I do. to play for the Vikings, yeah, the Vikings stud. He would paint like, you know, underneath his yeah, eye. the side. Yeah. He was very intimidating. But he he used to know the opposing team's media guy. He knew what your mom's name is, your sister's name, your brother. Like, he would know everything about you. And his smack was some of the best. Clearly, when he knows something about you personally, he would, you know, he knew he's playing against that he would learn about you. Yeah, there's some very – talk to some of these former players (laughs) that come up here like Sean Barber and stuff like that and find out. But I give credit for Matt Ryan. You know what? Hey, we'll leave it between me and Chris Jones. We'll leave it between us. We're the only two that heard it. Boom. It's code, man.
6: If you're in Matt Ryan or Chris Jones' position, don't you think that you're probably planning on meeting up somewhere down the road? Yeah, probably so.
2: I just, you just appreciate a guy doing that. You know, he's not, he's not tattletelling right. or anything else. He's not getting Chris Jones fine. Cause who knows the NFL is probably waiting to hear what was said. So he could uh, get a check uh, for charity once again from, from Chris Jones in that situation. But he didn't tell. So I'll give Matty Ice, Matt Ryan credit on that one. Not being a tattletale in that situation. 913-586-7610 is our phone number. It's also the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. We'll hear from you, give our thoughts, and go back inside the Chiefs locker room next.
1: Your home for K-State athletics is right here on 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, always live on the Odyssey app. Let's go no huddle. Edward
0: Jallier gets the handoff. Off the first hit, off the second half,
1: off the third hit, and into the sweet neck of the end zone. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610.
2: Chiefs lose the day to the Indianapolis Colts 20-17. A lot of mistakes on special teams, things to get fixed, but in my opinion, nothing to panic over this yet. I mean, again, last year they were 1-2, two. then 2-2, two and two, then 2-3. Two and three. Then three and three, then three and four. Football happens, so to speak. So what happens to the National Football League? At least you're not losing 38 to 10 like the Jags uh, beating the Chargers today or like the Packers lost in, you know, week one. But you know what? The real time is coming for the Chiefs. It's going to be fun. The stretch run is going to be fun for the Chiefs, especially getting Tom Brady. Mahomes is uh, two and three against Tom Brady career-wise. If you count the postseason he's two and one the regular season but two and three when you throw in the costly losses including that overtime loss in the afc title game and then that loss in the super bowl and obviously those are the most important losses but the chiefs get them then they get the raiders at home okay it's 7 15 game a monday night game but the raiders haven't won a game yet and josh mcdaniels kind of looking like he did in denver when he got fired kind of looking like tom brady who kept all these people's jobs, Bill Belichick. We've seen plenty of, you know, cast-offs and spin-offs that aren't usually as good as the original. Whether it's TV or whether it's football coaches, a lot of the same stuff applies. Then it's the Buffalo Bills for the mega game to determine who that best team in the AFC is. I you know the Miami Dolphins want to have something to say about that, but again, I think at some point they'll have an implosion. Then the 49ers come to town. Again, this Chiefs offense going against the number one defense in the National Football League. 49ers and Broncos currently tied on Sunday night football right now. Then a bye week. Titans. And then a nice little stretch here. The Bengals or the uh the Jags or the Titans first, then the Jags. Find out how good Jacksonville is. Are they have flash in the pan, or are they legit. Then it's to Los Angeles where Patrick Mahomes is 13-0 and on the road against the division. Then the then the world champs, the Rams. Then the Bengals, the Chiefs couldn't beat the Bengals last year in the regular season and the postseason. And then the Broncos, uh, Texans, Seattle, Denver, and Vegas. So the schedule does open up for the Chiefs when you get to the month of December. But this next string of games is tough. I mean, it's tough. It's put up or shut up moments for the Kansas City Chiefs. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to Tom versus Mahomes. A lot of credit's going to be given to this game. A lot of acumen for this game. It's the Madden Cover Guys, in Mahomes and Tom Brady. Let's go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Justin Reed, of course, he gets that big sack today. Is Steve Spagnuolo manufacturing pass rush? The guy's a nice missile. This is why Tyron Matthew was here, the honey badger, because the way he can blitz from the secondary. Anyway, here's Justin
10: Reed.
0: The last drive with the Colts, what did you see there that you just couldn't get the finish the job at the end there with the lead?
10: Yeah, um, you know in this league a lot of times football comes down to situations. And we had a situational football at the end of the game and we came up short. I think we made too many plays shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, And Colts came out and executed and credit to them. They did a good job um, taking time off the clock and then going down and getting points on the board.
9: On that last drive obviously you all had the initial stop. Referee threw the flag on Chris. Did Chris tell you all why you may have been called for a personal foul?
10: Yeah, I mean, Chris is a veteran, and I don't really speak much on other players, but um, he knows what it, what's going on. You know, we'll just have to chalk that one up, look at ourselves, and get better from it. How frustrating was it to, as you said, shoot yourself in the foot time and time again? I mean, throughout the game,
9: all facets of the game had their problems. Just how frustrating was that as the game wore on?
10: Yeah, um, I mean, that's the National Football League. Um, it's a game of inches. Um, you can't do things that beat yourselves. And you got to go out there and win. I'll give a lot of credit to um, the Colts special teams. Um, I think they did a hell of a job today. Um, but we got some things. We did some good things on the field today. Um, just came a little bit short. And you know we're just going to have to go back, watch the tape. And uh, we'll learn to move on from this and not repeat those mistakes. Just as you mentioned, uh, special teams. How much uh, of those mistakes early in the game carried over to the rest of the game? Um, I think that mentally, this This team is has a good fortitude to where you know when bad things happen, um, we're able to move on to the next play. Um, It was just you know last week when we were able to turn the tide on the game, and you know this week that's just how the NFL goes sometimes. So um, I don't think that this is anything that's going to be detrimental to us as a program, um, to the mentality of the locker room. I think we're all still hungry to be successful, and we're just going to be chopping at the bed after we watch this tape. Um, to get ready for our next opponent. What was Andy's message to you guys after the game? Um, just to stay consistent. Um, a lot of the same things. We know what we did. Um, we could. We had opportunities to win this game, and we just came up short. So, in order to win this league, you gotta, you gotta win those inches and be successful. What
11: is able to put together for you guys today?
10: I thought a lot of them were very effective. Um, I thought they were able to confuse their offensive line, but that's Coach Spag's specialty, you know, having guys come from all over. So um, that was part of the good things that we did.
2: And Justin Reed in the defense did a nice job today. The Colts, 19 first downs. The Chiefs actually had 20, but total yardage. The Colts were held to 259 yards. You're saying, well, how did they win? Good question. Chiefs averaged 5.2 yards per play. The Colts, 3.8 yards per play. Wasn't good for the Colts. Held them 82 yards rushing. Time of possession was different. Six minutes more for the Colts. Prolonging drives. Of course, that penalty by Chris Jones was a costly penalty for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the defense did their jobs. Five sacks. This was the 19th ranked defense coming in this game. It's only going to go up from here. They were 12th in the NFL with five sacks. That's going to go up with the, with the uh, five sacks they had today. They get them from all directions. From the edge, from the inside linebacker, from the secondary getting sacks from all those places. If this defense can play like that, that was, that was one thing that was a good sign, was the way the defense played against really top one or two running backs, the NFL, and Jonathan Taylor. I thought they played well. And eh, just the offense sputtered or the Colts don't win this game. They don't win it. Amendola makes his kicks. They don't win it. But these are the tough games. 17 points by this offense. You expect more from the way that they usually play, what we're usually used to seeing. But I'll say this, if you can get this defense to play like this the rest of the year, the sky's the limit. Again, when you think of Josh Allen and the credit he gets from the Bills, you know last year he had the number one defense in the NFL? You know how much easier it is to be quarterback when your defense is number one in the NFL? Points per drive, they were first. Total defense, first. Yet the Chiefs made them look like clowns in the postseason. That 13 seconds, the Grim Reaper cut their hearts out. But can you imagine Mahomes with the number one defense? I mean, it's going to be a long, long time until the defense gets to that place. But they can be a top 15 defense, which I think they can. A lot of youth love the way the linebackers are playing. And that's with Willie Gay suspended. Darius Harris, 13 tackles today. Stepping in for Willie Gay. How about that? How about a little credit to Darius Harris? He seemed to be just flying out on that football field, and he looked great tonight. You and I talked about Nick Bolton, how uh,
6: you know unbelievable he's looked early in the season. Two sacks one, for him. Juan Thornhill looked very good. There are encouraging signs on the defensive side, especially
2: for younger um, playmaking positions. Hey, no question about it. I thought the defense looked fresh. That's one part that actually was a good sign. That was something good that was there. Darius Darius Harris spoke after the game. Sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Darius.
7: All right, thanks, Brad. I got Darius Harris here. He made his first start, obviously a bright spot, an opportunity with uh, Willie Gay Jr. and that suspension. How do you feel like this first start was for you?
5: Um, Everything was good, though. Um, obviously, we would I would have loved to get the win, but, you know, um, overall, we we, we competed, and, you know, it was a plays that we left out there on the field. But, I mean, we they, they made plays also. We just got to go back, come back in next week and get better as a team on all three phases. But uh, overall, we, you know what I'm saying, I feel like we played good. We just got to finish job with the win.
7: And how, how devastating is this loss? Obviously, there's a lot of expectations with you guys starting 2 0 coming here against a team that was winless. Is this something that, you know, knocks you backwards much, or you guys kind of feel like you have the leadership to kind of battle through?
5: Oh, yeah. This, uh, we got good leaders on our team to make sure we don't, you know, we don't focus on this for too long. We just got to learn from it and move on to the next team and just build off this, understand what we made our mistakes at, and learn from them and fix them and fix it before the next game.
2: All right. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Right. There you look good. You might say, well, who's Darius Harris? Dude has a Super Bowl ring from the Chiefs. he was on bouncing around from practice squads, injured player. He actually carries a ring uh, with him. So he's got one. Darius Harris has the Super Bowl ring, but he was all over the place. 13 tackles today. Again, I thought the linebackers looked good today. The defense as a whole, Carlos Dunlap, when he got around that edge, that looked like the Carlos Dunlap of old, didn't it, Jed? I mean, just the way that he moved around that's like whoa, like you can see why they made a move. Now keep in mind that's your Melvin Ingram, that's your Melvin Ingram. Mm-hmm. Who do you think's better, Carlos Dunlap or Melvin Ingram? It's their stats are gonna be very comparable at the end of the year.
6: I would probably say
2: Carlos Dunlap will have better overall numbers. The, the active player list for most sacks: Von Miller head of the list, 117. Number eight on the list, one behind Aaron Donald, Carlos Dunlap.
6: Well, and I think to your point, talking about the, I don't know, what you saw from the defense today, I think is very encouraging. I think that you and I both would agree that Matt Ryan isn't his MVP form, and Jonathan Taylor is one of the best uh, running backs in the NFL. His guy
2: code is MVP. (laughs)
6: Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I just mean, though, they're, they're not the most dynamic offense. But still, when you see the Chiefs go out and do what they did today against an offense that does have weapons and does have, you know, players that are, you know, need to be feared. I think that that's definitely an encouraging side. Granted, yes, of course, you wanted to see a better performance from the offensive side and, of course, from the special team side. But if you're looking for positives as a Chiefs fan, I think everything you saw from the defensive side is definitely gravy,
2: at least for today's performance. You know what, Jed, I'll put it this way. You know, holding Jonathan Taylor 3.8 yards per carry, that's encouraging.
6: You mean when you hold down the best running back to less than four yards?
2: That's the highest-priced offensive line in football. Oh, I see. The Colts. Again, that's a good thing. All right, two-thirds of it, not good. Special teams, terrible. Offense kind of sputtered. The Chiefs had no running game. Well, no and- running game whatsoever. They just they just could not run the football. Clyde ends up with zero yards. I thought, did these looked off sync? They looked off kilter. The game plan wasn't good. So offense and defense, we could say, no, offense and special teams, special teams are the worst. That gets the F. Mm-hmm. A big one. Defense, uh, give them credit, man. Five sacks.
6: For sure. And I think it's one of the things that you and I were talking about when we were just watching the game. I mean, it, to me, the the Chiefs' offensive line, especially on the tackle position, Orlando Brown and on the right side, that, to me, has been the biggest concern. If you're looking at things that moving forward that could be roadblocks for what the team wants to try and do, to me, that was the biggest issue today. And the Colts took advantage of it. But again, if you're looking at the positives, think about the defense and how well they played. Think about the fact that they were down one of their starting middle, you know, linebackers. I think that there are very encouraging signs on the defensive side that you, this could be a top, what,
2: 12 defense. I hope so. And keep in mind, last year they were one and two, rough start, and two and two, two and three, three and three, three and four. I mean, <laughs> it took a while before they got on the run. Then they got on a run. But the bottom line is, you want to win games like this because eventually, I mentioned, look at they get Tom Brady. They got Josh Allen. They got the number one defense in the NFL, the 49ers. Got the world champs. Got Joe Burrow. I mean, you do have and Russell Wilson twice. I mean, you do have games, and you don't want to throw games like this away because you're going to need it coming down the stretch. We'll take our last timeout of the night. We come back away from the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, next.
1: You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Uh-oh. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Andy's Cookie Casanova Jackhammer is back. Just for the new year, hurry in for hot fudge, warm cookies, and frozen custard. Here's Jay Binkley.
2: Mm, Chiefs lose today, 2017. Man, i go for some of that custard, to be quite honest with you, Jed. Got to go cookie dough, though. Got to go cookie dough in the custard. Chiefs lose today. By the way, the Broncos down 7-0 to the uh, traveling 49ers today. The Chiefs will get their shot at the 49ers later this season and two more shots at the Broncos. Who's going to be a contender and who's going to be a pretender? Text line 913-586-7610. Jay Southland, Toe Service text line, brings up the fact the next week, the Bills and Ravens. It's actually a great game, a noon game. That's a nice, uh, let's uh, hold on to that game, CBS, Bills at the Ravens. That, to me, as CDOT was talking today, he does some national stuff and everything. He was talking about, you know, the pressure's on to step up. Can the Bills, you know, go on the road and win in Miami? Didn't happen. Can the Ravens, you know, go to New England? Can they win the game? They did. Like, how serious are the Ravens? This was a team that was actually pretty good last year. Got wrote, written off because they had more injuries than anybody in the NFL for like the last decade. And like people were talking about Harbaugh being coach of the year. Eventually it caught up to them in the Ravens, but how good are they going to be? Like they're the ones not talked about in the playoff picture in the AFC that, you know, would like something to say about the playoff picture in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, threw a pick today. He had had the third longest streak in Chiefs history for complete or, uh, attempts without an interception, spoke today. This audio brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes.
6: Let's take you back out to Indianapolis and hear from the Chiefs quarterback. Simple case of
0: just a lot of self-inflicted wounds in this game, if you will, and that just led to the loss. Just how frustrating was it to just kind of keep shooting yourself in the foot, as Justin Reeves was just saying?
11: Yeah, I mean, we just didn't play good enough, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, starting with me. Um, obviously, we, we, we missed some kicks and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we, we had multiple opportunities to score. So I mean, we had to find ways to get the ball in the end zone. And that starts with me. You can't just get yards. We got to be able to get in the end zone when we're down there.
4: The offensive
9: line, I know there's a little struggle there. How did you assess what was going on between the offensive line? I know they have a good defensive front, but how did you assess that matchup that
11: was going on? Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of money in that defensive front. They got a lot of great players. So, I mean, obviously, I, I got to go back and watch the film. I thought they battled, um, and it's my job to get the ball out of my hand, and I felt like I was holding a little too long in certain situations, and I got to be better in that, in that instance, and um, I think I got better as the game went on, but two slow starts in a row, you got to get better in the first half. Patrick, uh,
9: obviously, before Halftime with a little discussion between you and mean What what took place there?
11: Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll, I I'm, I wanted to go try to score. I mean, that's just who I am. Um, we were in a tough situation. I believe it was like second or third and twenty or and something like that, and. Probably the smart decision was to just take. It. We had got the ball at of half. Let's just go to the go to halftime. But I'm always gonna be wanting to score. And I mean, I pretty much just said, "Let me have a chance at it." And then he was just like, "Let's let's, let's get back in the locker room and we'll, we'll get something going for the next half." And um, I guess uh, I don't know if that's an altercation, but I mean, that was just that was the end of the conversation. Was that specifically just the run call, or did you want to try to hail mary at the end there? No, yeah, it was just it, it was the run because uh, I try to go deep the first two times and. Obviously, they were in a like a deep coverage, and I was just all I, all I said was I, I was like, I'm not going to turn it over. I'll get it out, try to get to the sideline and get us a chance to kick a field goal. But I mean, it's a tough situation. I mean, I'm me. I'm on the field. I'm playing. I want to always try to go score. That's who I am. Um, but that's their job is to make sure they manage the game the right way. And um, I mean, we we had multiple chances to win after that. We just got to be better in the second half. You talked about a lot of times just needing to be better. What needs to be better offensively? We got to gel all together. I mean, it starts with me. I mean, there were certain throws. I was putting on guys' back hips instead of in front of them. Um, there were certain situations where um, we were just barely off. If it was a D-lineman got around my feet and I missed Justin Watson or if it was um, a throw at the end of the game where I could have maybe tried to put it in front of Juju and it gets tipped up for a pick. I mean, it's it's just little things like that. Whenever you're playing a tough game like that, you have to execute it at a higher level, and uh, we have to learn from it. I mean, our schedule gets no easier. We, go to, we have a, a hard game Sunday night football against Tampa next week with a great defense. Um, so we have to get better quickly. And if we don't, uh, we don't want these L's to start piling up. We want to make sure we get back on that winning train. Patrick,
10: it seems like the D ball hasn't been there as much as it was in years past. Uh, what are you saying from defense? Are they playing you any differently than how they've happened?
11: Yeah, I mean, they're playing deep. I mean, that's that's their goal is to make us drive the field make us execute. I had the one in the first, first drive, I missed uh, Marquez. Um, I got to hit that, especially in games like this. Uh, if I hit that throw, it's probably a whole different ball game. But other than that, I mean, they played back the entire game. They let us drive the field, and they stopped us in the red zone. I'm sure that was their game plan going in. They executed it uh, well. Well. Special teams had a few ups. Are these
7: expected things with, with the new group, or is this stretch beyond that?
11: I mean, I, I don't expect any growing pains. I mean, you, you obviously have new players, and you don't know how they're gonna, how everybody's gonna respond in tough situations. So um, you know we can learn from it. Um, but for me, I'm always going out there with the expe- expectation that we're gonna win. Patrick,
10: special uh, teams earlier had a few mistakes. You being on the offensive side of the ball, how much does that carry over to the rest of the game?
11: You can't let it carry over. I mean, you got to just kind of respond. I mean, even though we had the early mistakes and stuff like that i mean we trust those guys in those positions that's why we keep going back to them um uh, for us as offense, we got to make it where those little mistakes don't cause a loss. I mean, we had multiple chances to get in the end zone. If we get in the end zone one time and, uh, and so don't stall out in the red zone that second half, the game's over. So, I mean, it's just, with the defense plays like this, the defense plays like they did today, and they've played this whole season, we got to win these football games. This guy's young.
10: Were, were you able to talk to him after you got a couple of seconds?
11: Yeah, I talked to him. I mean, we have full trust in Sky. He's talented. He's um, talented. He, makes, he made one mistake. I mean, at the end of the day, he made one mistake um, that, that ended up uh, causing a touchdown. But I think he'll make a lot of plays in that Chiefs uniform that uh, will be positive for us. And so we're going to keep going back to him and keep giving him chances to make plays. Couple In
7: the second half, when you guys kicked the field goal on fourth and goal from the two, is there a conversation there? I mean, are you trying to, to push the goal
11: for that? Yeah, I mean, I, I try most times. Uh, they did a good job of stopping us a couple of times there at the goal line. I had the one where kind of slipped out of my hand, trying to get to Kels uh, real fast. And, and in certain situations, you, you have to just take the points and when a game's going like this. And I think you see that sometimes. I mean, the defense plays like they're playing right now. I mean, I have full trust the offense is going to figure it out. So I mean, if that, that's the positive I see in this game is defense is playing playing really good football. And the offense, we have to learn to get better as the season goes on so we can win a lot of football games. Were you
9: feeling, were you feeling the momentum kind of shifting from time to time, obviously? Uh, you look at the fake field that, that you all tried early, and then the coming out of the half again. You went, you went for it the first time on the, first, on the fourth down before going forward on the goal line. I mean, are you, do you all feel the sense of the game shifting at any time during that point?
11: I didn't. I mean, the way our defense was playing, uh, I mean, you, you were just relying on them. You're just trying to find ways to put points on the board. I mean, they've, they've done a great job these first few weeks. They did a great job today. Um, and uh, they have players too, and we gave them too many chances, and we didn't put it in the end zone, and they made plays at the end of the day. So uh, it's—I uh, didn't feel the momentum really swing until after they scored the last touchdown. Um, but uh, I mean, we have to be better. I mean, that's all I can say as offense. We have to be better.
4: Last one how do you assess what this team is? is? Week one, come out
7: dominant or the team that's still struggling to figure out who you are?
11: I just—I mean, it's—it's. It's, I don't know if you can assess how the team is yet. Um, I just want to find ways to win at the end of the day. Um, we obviously aren't playing the way we wanted to these last two weeks on offense, um, but we've been battling, and the guys battling, you can see them battling to the very end. Um, and so you you, you love that, um, but you got to find – I mean, our schedule, we have a tough schedule, so we have to find a way to win these football games. They're going to be tough, tough contests, and so uh, we'll see how we respond. I'm excited to see how the guys respond.
2: Yeah, I'm excited, too. I'm excited to see next week's Sunday Night Football. be sitting right here watching the game, Holmes and Brady. You'll hear a bunch about that. Can't wait to see how they respond. So what you do. is how you respond. How are you going to respond to today? You know, they were good enough to win that game today, but they didn't. You know, they responded last year. They came out and they won the game. We'll see what happens. See if they can clean up the special teams because it was, it was bad all the way around for the special teams today. Offense didn't look on sync. The defense, I thought, there's something to build on there. The defense looked really, really good today. Big thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com for joining us. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next weekend. Good night, Jed. Jed Marshall, the producer. Good night. Good night, Jay.